the intention of this morning is to give you all some uh, feedback on the request for concept papers that we released uh, two weeks ago and to give you all the opportunity to get some clarification if you're interested in applying about our process. And so just for context, I thought I'd just give you just a very quick thumbnail about Robinhood and the thinking behind why we put out these requests for concepts. Um, many of you might know Robinhood well, but for those who don't, we are the largest poverty-fighting organization in New York City. We're in our 28th year. We make grants that are focused on helping our neighbors living in poverty. Almost 2 million New Yorkers, as you know, live in poverty. And our grants are focused exclusively on the residents of New York City. So all the programs that we fund go to traditionally not-for-profits that are in New York City um, that serve residents of New York City. Um, and this year our grant budget will be about $130 million, and it spans a range of different issues, including early childhood, a focus on K-12 education, disconnected young adults, a focus on health, hunger, housing, um, immigrant populations, domestic violence, connection to legal services and benefits. And we have always, since the founding of Robinhood in the late 1980s, been focused on a broad swath of New Yorkers and trying to find best-in-class organizations to help New Yorkers live a more healthy and economically viable life. Um, about four years ago, we started to ramp up the programs that we deliberately target and fund focused on immigrant populations. Three years, uh, three years ago, um, our funding ramped up fairly substantially. We had an opportunity at one of our fundraisers to create a fund that we called the American Dream Fund, which was a $35 million fund that was particularly reserved to invest in um, ladder. Um, which was particularly uh, designed to reserve dollars that would be allocated specifically to empower farm-born New Yorkers and immigrants living in poverty. And so that ramp-up has continued over the number of years uh, across a range of areas. And um, today's discussion and today's um, discussion about this request of concept paper is just one more opportunity that Robinhood is using to help the New York City community think about populations that need our help and to generate great new ideas um, that we could conceivably put into the market, in this particular case, to empower um, Chinese New Yorkers, immigrants, foreign-born Chinese uh, New Yorkers. And Robinhood is open for business on a variety of fronts. We will never rely on a request for concept to drive the totality of the $130 million that we'll invest, we'll invest in New York City every year. It's just one more tool to help generate discussion and hopefully great ideas that we can explore and figure out whether or not we might make a grant. It's not more, it's not less. We are open for business across the board. This is another tool to get a discussion moving against populations that we're worried about, and in some cases where we are finding it harder to get great ideas to put into the market. And that's what today's about. My colleagues are here, 
Sarah Altman runs the health portfolio at Robinhood and is also focused on an immigrant population. My friend and colleague, Vion Behel, manages the immigrant portfolio at Robinhood and also works with Sarah on health stuff. And the two of them are driving this process, and I just get to welcome you, so thank you for being here. And uh, these guys are going to tell you more about the mechanics of the RFC and how Robinhood thinks about grant making. Good morning, everyone. Um, so I'm just going to, just so you kind of know what's going to happen, I'm just going to give you a little bit of information about Robinhood's approach, and then Guillaume's going to tackle some of the logistics and the evaluation um, of possible grants, and then we're going to hopefully just use the rest of the time to answer your questions. And for the folks on the phone, um, we're also going to sort of set this up. Um, we'll give you instructions at the end of the sort of intro section um, so you can uh, also ask your questions as well. Um, so as Eric said, we're a poverty-fighting organization. So what that essentially means for us is that all of our grants are either changing the income or the health of the people that we're serving. So sort of that's our broad framework for thinking about things. Within that, there's, we're open to a lot of different things. So we work with both startup organizations and well-established organizations that have been around for 100 years. Um, we're looking for ideas that are programs that are existing, already running, that we can perhaps help scale up, or we're looking for programs that are, are new ideas or pilot programs. Um, work with nonprofits, work with government agencies. Uh, we even work with for-profit agencies in some cases. Um, so really, you know, a lot of different approaches. Um, in many cases, we're looking for evidence-based ideas. We're trying to take what's out there, the literature that's out there, and really trying to get that out um, and across the city. Um, in other cases, we're trying to take what the, the best evidence that exists, but sort of build off of that and test out new models. So we're, we're also open to that. Um, so within our sort of framework of increasing income, increasing the health of, improving the health of people living in poverty, there's a lot of different things that we're open to, uh, to funding. Um, just a couple of sort of specifics. Our grants are typically 12 months, so one year, except for in the cases of new programs. Uh, we do sometimes build in sort of a six-month ramp-up period. Um, we're focused on populations within 200% of the poverty line. And just to anticipate a question that I'm sure uh, some of you are thinking about, um, we do not have a set number of grants that we're planning to make from this, from this process. Um, we're, we're sort of open to the best ideas. In some case, there's a possibility that we may not make any grants, but we're very hopeful that there are going to be a lot of great ideas and that we may have opportunities to make multiple grants. Mm -hmm. With that, I'll hand it over to Viom, who will talk a little bit more about logistics. So as you all know from the RFCs themselves, the logistics are pretty straightforward. Um, we are asking organizations to submit concept papers by April 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And so that means that at that hour, the website will stop accepting submissions. We'd like each of the RFC, each of the concept papers that you submit to be uploaded as one individual PDF, no more than four pages. So no need for cover letters, no attachments, no appendices, no Excel files with budget, just a four-page narrative at this point. If you want to include diagrams, feel free, but make that part of your four pages. And each organization is invited to submit up to two concept papers for this request. Um, so feel free to send us two of your best ideas if you'd like with respect to Chinese immigrants. We will be reviewing the concept papers as they come in, but it's not a priority system. It's not a first come, first serve. We will review all of them, and we will get back to everyone with a next step by May 31st. In some cases, that will be a thank you for your submission. 
we won't be moving forward with this. In some cases, it'll be asking you for more information, asking for a detailed proposal, perhaps having a meeting. Um, but we won't be able to give individual feedback to all of the organizations that, that submit. Um, I'm sure you're also wondering, well, how are you going to do that evaluation in those couple of months? So let me run through that really quickly, and then we will turn to questions both from folks in the room and from on the phone. In terms of evaluation, there's essentially three buckets that we look at when we're making grants in any ordinary circumstance, and those three buckets apply to the RFCs as well. The first is about the program model. The second is about the organization's ability to deliver. And the third is about the longer-term impact of investing in that particular program or that particular group. The first is by far the most important. The question here is, is there evidence of a need? Does your program actually stand a chance at quantifiably, measurably reducing the need that we've identified? And can you do so cost-effectively? That's number one. And if the proposal passes that first test, we're happy to then continue investigating. But if it doesn't pass those markers, then the others don't really matter. So the second set of things has to do with this organization's ability to deliver. Is there a leader who shows promise or who already has a track record of delivering this kind of service in some other context? Is the organization stable? Are the finances and the governance structures in place to allow and support the implementation of this program? And does the organization have the cultural and linguistic competencies to be able to serve this clientele? Um, and if it's for the first time that they're demonstrating a desire to grow that competency for the long haul. And then the third bucket of things has to do with the sort of what else. Does this program have the potential to scale? Does it have the potential for public-private partnerships? Is it innovating in some way against a really thorny problem and perhaps advancing a field? The proposals that move forward will not be able to necessarily do all of those things, but perhaps the best ones will. Um, and we're happy, like I said, to take two concept papers from, from you all um, so that you can shoot for the moon in one and give us something a bit more safe on the other if that's what you'd like to do, but we're happy to have that conversation with you. And know that this is the first step in a, in a long series of conversations. We don't intend to make grants on any predetermined timeline, so all of that will be determined on a case-by-case -case basis as is typical with our grant I'm sure there are follow-up questions to that, but I'll stop there as a primer. Um, and we'll start by taking questions in the room. And once we've done that, we'll turn to folks on the phone and what you'll essentially do is hit star six on your phone and you'll be placed into a queue and then we can um, take questions in order that they've been, um, they've been received. But we'll open the line for questions from the phone in just a couple of minutes. So take it away, folks. Please. My question is on the, these three areas that you just mentioned. So those are the areas that really should be addressed in those four pages. Right, and we tried to be could repeat the question. Oh yes, uh, the the question was the kind of three areas that I described of uh, our evaluation. Are those the ideas? Are those the issues that should be addressed in the four pages of the concept paper? And the answer is yes. We've tried to be very specific about the six sections that we're asking in the concept paper. And if you answer the six sections in the concept paper, you'll give us the information we need to be able to evaluate the concept paper along those three lines. Okay, sorry. Do you have a preference for either individual organizations or a collaborative of organizations submitting the concept paper? The question is, uh, do we have a preference for individual organizations or for collaborative? And I'm going to let one of my colleagues take that one. Uh, the answer is no. Um, um, we're looking for interesting, innovative, provocative, solid, smart, 
thoughtful approaches. And that could come in a collaboration, or that might be a standalone for an organization. And I think we leave it to your best judgment to think about what is the most compelling proposal that you can think of. And if it turns out that that's a partnership, that could work. And if it's a standalone, that could as well. But no preference either way. Other questions? Okay, so we'll open it up on the phone to questions. Again, folks on the phone, please hit star six, and then you'll be placed in a queue, and we can take your questions if you have any. And if you're in the room, if you have another question in advance, go ahead. Yes, please. So if, if um, you're not interested in funding the immigration Right. The, the question was, are we interested in funding immigration legal services? And in short, the answer is not for the purposes of this request for concept papers. That work is a line of work that has actually doubled at Robinhood in the course of the last three years, um, principally with support for Immigrant Justice Corps, which was defunded at Robinhood, and for support of the iCare initiative, which is addressing the needs of Central American refugee populations that are coming to the city. That work has grown so substantially and was substantial before those two investments, and so we're not prioritizing that at this point in time. Question is, is litigation around employment issues something that would work for this? The answer is yes, absolutely. Um, we are interested in other legal services, if that's housing-related, employment-related, benefits-related, we're happy to entertain those, uh, those concept papers. Um, particularly, I think, when you're talking about employment, we're interested in questions of, of wage theft, wage and hour violations, um, to a certain extent, occupational health and safety, and enforcement of those lines. But yeah, absolutely, we'd be happy to entertain those proposals. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a question for you. <coughs> I saw that uh, you have basically uh, seven priorities in the program. But right now, we serve, uh, you know, a lot of immigrants. We have existing programs serving you know, most of these uh, areas. So my question is that uh, if we propose a combi combination of a couple of these uh, programs, is that okay? Like uh, I will propose the combination of the ESOL literacy and then the low-income uh, family, you know, support, and then we have the job training for adults and the youth as well. Like three programs. So just for the folks on the phone, the question was, uh, we've talked about seven different areas we're interested in in our request for concept papers, and could somebody send in a proposal that tackled multiple different areas? I think that the answer is yes, um, as long as it makes sense sort of why you're handling those issues together. Um, so, you know, make sure that you're clear sort of with the program model and what you're trying to achieve. But yes, I think you could see, for example, ESOL and workforce, for example, might combine well together. And I think the linchpin there is really thinking about the individual client that's being served. And so if you're telling us, for example, that we want to get a client who has uh, low English proficiency, we want to get them through English language programming to then be able to get a better job than they would otherwise, supporting those two program areas makes sense. 
but we're not, I think, at this point, interested in submitting through one concept paper three disparate programs that you're not going to be linking in some way. If, that, if you're interested in funding for two existing programs, we'd say submit two concept papers with two different uh, program models associated with them. Yes, you know, because we serve the Chinese population uh, of Vietnamese and a lot of Asians come like from the Indochina and Sanra American communities. So, uh, in, you know, we have been serving the immigrants for 25 years. Uh, so we think our experience, uh, you know, is that, uh, you know, the combination works more effectively. Right, and I think, and I think there are certainly cases where that will make make a lot of sense. Can I just add a postscript to what is your name? Uh, Edward Ben. Edward. I just want to just say for the folks on the phone and here, uh, just a postscript to Edward's question as it relates to how we think about success. The goal is not to imagine a scenario where, for a very small amount of money you can revolutionize the world. We don't tend to believe that that's that possible. So what I would urge you to think about is efficiency in a proposal. So you're not penalized for not doing 10 things at once. In fact, you're rewarded in proposals that are realistic, um, that have a viable opportunity that is achievable against outcomes. And we are focused on outcomes. So if you're going to combine four or five different claims of success in your proposal, you should give us a rationale for why the budget that you submit can be able to do that. And better proposals are not necessarily judged because they do five things at once. The best proposals are the ones that give a real clear path to outcomes um, against the budget. And that's just, I think, just a piece of good advice that happens to be good advice for Robinhood, and it's probably good advice for um, proposals that you would submit in general. I know we have uh, one question on the phone, so we're going to open uh, the line up. Hi, I'm wondering about uh, the geographic scope. Could uh, proposals be uh, for one community, or are you looking for a citywide focus? Um, so the, the answer is, is that it can be either. So if the plan is to go citywide, that's fine, but you can also focus on a specific community and address those needs of a specific community. All right, thanks. As long as it's within New York City. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, the organization doesn't currently have to be in New York City. The model doesn't have to have operated in New York City before. But if you think it would work for the Chinese immigrant populations in the city, we're excited to hear that. Um, though I think we sort of expect to a certain extent that a, lot, a large percentage of the proposals that we'll receive for this RFC will be focused on areas like the Lower East Side, Sunset Park, Flushing, for example. Again, for folks on the phone, if you have a question, just hit star six. And in the meantime, we can take any other questions from folks in the room. Yes, please. Uh, so folks on the phone, the question was, is there a limit on the amount of money for a proposal? Uh, so no. I think sort of the guidance we gave in the, 
in the document was that grants uh, Robinhood typically range from 75,000 to 500,000, most kind of hovering probably in the closer to 200 to 300,000 range. Um, but in, if the case is right that we should make a bigger grant, sometimes we do um, if there's a strong proposal. I think the thing to keep in mind is that the budget is proportionate to the outcomes you're hoping to achieve. Cost is a very important piece of what we think about here when we spend a lot of time doing sort of cost-benefit analysis on every grant. So keeping that budget, making sure that it's efficient and that it realistically will achieve the outcomes um, that you intend. And that's why in the proposal we asked very specifically for you to give us a cost per participant. And that's including all of the costs to run the program, including the overhead and indirect rate. We want to get a sense of what it really takes to achieve that particular outcome in the issue area that you're working on. Yes, yes. Do you have any range of the cost per client or per outcome? The question is, uh, is there a range for cost per outcome per client? And the answer is uh, a bit cheeky. Yes, we do in that we have our evidence from the programs that we already support and we have some evidence from the literature as well as what's sort of reasonable. Those aren't numbers that we're going to share outright because they do vary by population. Uh, so if you're working with immigrant youth, that's going to be slightly different than working with immigrant adults. If you're working with someone who is undocumented, that's going to be slightly different than someone who is documented. And so we'll take the data we have and look at it in the context of the population that you want to serve to be able to make that determination. And if there is a real question around cost, but your program model seems really solid, we'll have a conversation with you to try and understand why the cost is as high as it appears to be. What we're really looking for in this concept paper is promise, is potential, and we'll then have a conversation with you to flush it out further. We know that you can't give us every possible detail about this program in four pages, and that's not what this is designed to do. Looks like we have uh, another question on the line. I had a question about the duration of the program. You indicated in the RFA that it's 12 months with a possible six-month leeway for ramping up. Is that the can – you, can you speak to the rationale for that time frame? So, yeah, that's, that's accurate. So Robinhood's grants are typically for 12 months. We do, in many cases, renew grants year after year, if that makes sense, if a project is achieving its goals and objectives. Um, but we do sort of look at them on an annual basis. Sometimes we build in that extra six months, especially for new programs, um, if the ramp-up time is necessary. And just, you know, one caveat, we know that some outcomes are longer-term outcomes, and all of those outcomes will not be achieved in 12 months. But there are certainly sort of interim outcomes, outputs that we would expect to see, um, and that would be how we would make a decision whether or not to renew the grant for another year. And just to maybe give you one concrete example, I know we're not thinking about immigration legal services, but to use it as an example, when we make a new immigration legal services grant, that first year, really what's happening is that the lawyer is taking on a bunch of cases, and we expect that maybe 5% of them will close because there are backlogs in immigration court. Uh, if the attorneys and the team have done a good job of finding the right kinds of clients and they seem to be providing the right level of service and cases are progressing, we'll consider renewing that grant so that the caseload can be carried forward. So don't, as Sarah has said, don't view the 12 to 18 months as the end of our commitment to that effort. All right. Thank you very much. One more caller on the line. 
Hi. Um, I was wondering if projects that serve special communities like survivors of labor trafficking would be eligible under this concept paper. Uh, yeah, and the answer is absolutely yes. We already do some work with um, survivors of torture and victims of domestic violence, but we're absolutely interested in, in special populations like that as well. Um, I think there we're really interested in understanding the evidence base behind the program model that's being implemented. So if you're working, for example, around mental health, to give us a sense of what the mental health treatment modality is that you're using and what the evidence base is behind that, uh, and to give us mm -hmm. a sense of your success with being able to run that kind of a program in the past. But uh, if you were to say to us that one of the most important needs for Chinese immigrants is dealing with labor trafficking, we're happy to hear that, hear that proposal. Good. Thank you. If we are interested in things like um, trafficking or child welfare engagements or similar uh, trauma-related integration um, experiences, how tightly do you expect that to be linked to economic benefit um, and anti-poverty fighting? Should we be demonstrating, should we go to great lengths to demonstrate that sort of link in the paper or is that, are you sort of assuming that that's that you already accept that there's a relationship between people with those issues and economic stability. I just think that's much we should be. So the, the, I, it's a paraphrase. It's obvious I've done a bad job of this. I think the question is, if we're working with a youth population and our primary focus is on, for example, mental health services, do we need to quantify the economic impact of that? And I think this is just an important point across all of Robin Hood's grant making. We are a poverty-fighting foundation but we view poverty both through the lens of income and health. And so health outcomes independent of whether or not someone is earning more money are valuable, and we will do our benefit cost calculation based on what you're, what you're proposing. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I just didn't know if you expected sort of a whole theoretical argument about mm -hmm. how um, helping someone mm -hmm. gain emotional stability or the family to gain stability impacts dollars, mm -hmm. or whether we could just focus mm -hmm. on the program description. Yeah, so the question is just, should we just focus on the program description or do we need to create a very tight link in a proposal that shows how sort of improved well-being or mental health will then uh, impact income? You're not going to be able to do that in four pages anyway, so really just giving us what the proposal is and if we need to follow up with more specific questions about the, the link, if we're not already aware of the literature, then we would do that in follow-up conversations. But uh, in general, that would not be our expectation. If you know of literature that specifically links something, um, an intervention to income, it might be worth mentioning, but we're not expecting everybody to, to link every single step along the way. Um, and as Vion mentioned, health outcomes are something that we take into consideration as well. I should also say that the early childhood work that we do, because the outcomes for that individual, the reduced incarceration, the reduced homelessness, the greater likelihood of graduating high school. Sorry, the person on the phone, if you could hold on for just one second, we'll come right to you. Um, technology working faster than I am. Uh, we know those outcomes are decades beyond the intervention, and that's where I think we rely most heavily on there being literature or an evidence base behind the specific program model that can give us confidence that the service you deliver between the ages of five and six for a child will actually be meaningful when that child becomes a 25-year-old adult. To the person on the phone. Um, uh, hi, can government entities apply? 
the question was, can government ent entities apply? And the answer is absolutely, yes. Okay. Even, right. And so if a government entity was to apply, the only issue is that there has to be a fiduciary agent that can take the grant from Robinhood. We don't, Robinhood does not make grants directly to the feds, the state, or the city, though mm -hmm. the city in particular have mechanisms where they've set up, in effect, uh, fiduciary not-for-profits, some of which are more substantive, some of which are really just an opportunity for places like Robinhood to push money in. So the answer is yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, that should work for us because we do have a non-profit arm. Great. Okay, thanks. Any other questions in the room? Oh, sorry, one the, second. The, the, the question the was is whether or not we could share the list of names of the folks that are here today in case people want to work together. Is that, or, okay. Perhaps. I don't know, how do you all feel about that, I guess, is the question. If the folks in the room don't mind, then yeah, we're happy to, we're happy to share um, names and email addresses. Great, and to the person on the phone, please. Um, just a small question about the um, page limitation. If we're, if we're going to be um, putting in citations for evidence base and those types of things, should the citations be included also in the four pages, or is there a place to send citations separately? Uh, I mean, I think if, if this is going to be... It, it, uh, we don't know that we have a hard and fast rule. I think we want the thing to, to stick to four pages, ideally including citations. If, you're, if your document has 25 citations and it's going to take up half a page, then I feel like we could be slightly flexible on that, but, okay, but, so ideally, we'll every, but ideally everything fits into four pages. Okay. Edward. Uh, hi. Uh, is the uh, uh, double line, I mean, is the uh, line space is single or double? Single. Single space. Uh, the question on the phone was line spacing in the document, and the answer is single. Doesn't sound like there are any other questions in the room or on the phone. Um, so we should maybe close and say thank you all very much for coming so early in the morning and uh, more importantly for your interest in responding to our concept paper request. And we look forward to having more conversations with all of you in the months ahead. You might want to just, just close on just sort of the follow-up post now if they have questions, if they have more comments. Right. So if you've got questions going forward. I think we're going to try and be hard and fast about not responding to specific questions that you might have about your concept paper and what we'd like to see. I think we just want to keep that as, as, um, as streamlined a process as possible. This is the forum for questions. Uh, and then we'll probably post this. And if any other questions come up, um, you should feel free to send them to grants at robinhood.org, which is our, our sort of primary um, funnel for outside inquiries. And we're happy to kind of compile those questions. If they become sizable, we'll post an FAQ on the website. But that'll really de depend on how many questions we end up getting. Mm -hmm. Can you repeat the email address? Grants at robinhood.org. And actually, it looks like we have one more question on the phone. So instead of adjourning, we'll take the question that's there. For those of us on the phone, how would the list be circulated for the attendees in the in the room as well? That's a very good question. 
Um, shoot, shoot one of us an email. Yeah. For folks on the phone, if you'd like to get the list of folks who've attended, um, why don't you shoot me an email, and I will try and compile that list, and we'll send it around. Um, my name is Viom Bahel. My last name is spelled B for boy, A-H-L for Larry. Again, that's B-A-H-L at robinhood.org. Uh, so send me your, your contact information, ideally um, sometime today, and I'll distribute the list tomorrow.